Boy, is it me or has technology just become really uh, problematic lately? So I want to put some thoughts down here um, as far as a, kind of a letter to the city or an open letter to the city I, I want to write and read at, at a city council meeting. And so, as always, you know, I'm limited on time and then I'll wake up with a great idea and I should take my mother's advice and as soon as I wake up thinking about something, write it down. But I, 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 don't, I don't do that. I should, but I don't. But I was thinking of how I want to word it and say it, so I thought if I kind of spoke about it, I could get some thoughts out but as as america we are really teetering on a, a complete loss of of freedom and loss of liberty and uh i guess we don't really think about it that way because it's it's a normalcy bias maybe you know, from what our grandparents and our parents and what we've learned in schools and in the media and stuff that you know, America is the greatest nation ever. And, you know, even, you know, some of the older gentlemen and that I have met that, you know, served in like Vietnam and, and stuff going way back, you know, they've been, I've been all around the world. And, you know, in spite of our problems, we're still the best, you know, we could live in. And that's, you know, fine. We used to be the good guys, but we haven't been the good guys for quite a while. And I think down deep we all know that. And that's on the world stage, so I really don't care that much, even though it's going to end up being, you know, maybe the, the straw that breaks the camel's back as far as the world stage goes with this thing with Ukraine and Russia. But I'm talking about right here, right now, in our communities and what's going on. And we don't see it. It's like the slow creep. It's like the blob just consuming everything in its path. But it's so slow. You know, I always laughed in the movies like the blob because it's like, well, just take a step back and then take a step back and then go out the door and shut the door and then it could creep under the door and everybody, ah! You know, it's just like, go, leave, run. <laughs> and it's that slow. But just like in the movie The Blob, pretty much it's it's got you surrounded. It's, it's everywhere. It's creeped in so slowly that you didn't see it flank you. And, and, and now, you know, when you check your sex, it's there too. But it's still slow. I mean, it's not going to pounce on you because the, the nature of it is, is slow. The way it works, like the blob. It, it can't just go, oh, I got you surrounded now and then jump on you. It's the fucking blob. So we as Americans don't see this coming because we're so caught up in so many other things. Just like I've said before, it's... It's, you know, it, it's the too much information, TMI, you know, going on around us that, you know, 
there's too much obligation. You know, it's just we're consumed with so many things that we must pay attention to or we'll lose our job. We could lose our house, you know, lose our savings. And so we, we have to go to work and, and make sure we're, you know, dotting those I's and crossing those T's because everything's so interconnected that, you know, it's not like a hundred years ago to where maybe if you lost your job, you know, it, retirement and savings and everything are tied to it in some weird way. Social security and all this stuff, you know, to where you didn't lose your home, you know, cause that was family property and you went back to it if you had to. And then you kind of helped dad or grandpa, you know, raise cattle or work the farm, you know, milk the, milk the cows and egg the chickens. You know, it wasn't the end of everything, but now, if you lose your job, you could lose your home. You could lose your standing in the community. You could lose so much that you really have to watch your P's and Q's all the time. And so it's we don't we don't see it because of its slowness, its slow nature. You know, it's it's like if we could. You know, if we were moving faster, we might see that other dimension. But, you know, we don't because it travels at a different speed on the same plane. So we don't, we just hear it as noise, basically. Well, that's the way it is with us. You know, we, we're on this, this conveyor belt and, and it moves at a certain speed. And then underneath that conveyor belt or creeping up on us is this bureaucracy that's really just pervasive as hell and it's destroying the American way of life. And we don't think about it because it's just, it's one more slight, tiny movement of the Overton window pulling us off course. And, and we think, well, that's all right because I'm so busy over here that I can't even make a stink about this over here because I could, I could lose my job. I could... You know, I could get yelled at by my boss for posting that, you know, and some woke tarred customer. So we just kind of lock up. We have this analysis paralysis or, you know, information paralysis going on in our in our lives. And and so we, you know, a lot of times you pick your battles and you do shut the fuck up. But on things that are so small, it's like you just think, well, it's just an ant. I don't care. And, and then like the next day, it's, you know, five or six ants have found their way. And then when you look, there's like a whole stream of them. And pretty soon they're everywhere. And it's just like termites in your foundation. Eventually, it's done a lot of damage. But it was just one little termite that you saw last year. And then you didn't see any more. Of course, how many times are you under your house, under your crawl space? So. It's that way. So you, you look at our rights in a city. No matter what city you live in, big or small, it's easier to see in small cities and towns, but what the city normally does for you is really not pervasive. You know, the, they'll tax you at a certain percent, and we're all like, that's cool. And with that, you get parks and roads and 
services and police and fire departments and those are not means tested. It doesn't matter if you're paying your taxes, you're broke or you're rich. You call 911, a cop or an ambulance or a fire truck will show up. And and it's not tested in a way that's like, well, you didn't pay your property tax last year or whatever. We're not going to show up. You're not charged for it like you have a bad credit score. So we can't send out an ambulance to take care of you because it's going to end up being you know, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, depending on the city, you know, what's going on. And we just don't think you can pay it. Well, no, see, that's part of the city. You go to the park. You don't have to, you know, join a membership and have good credit and pay, you know, 300 a month to go to the park. It's there for you. It's part of the public. Public parks, public schools, public swimming pools, public skate parks. You know, it's all part of this, the public auditorium out there and or the a big ice skating rink in New York is public. You don't need to be a member to go. You're just an American. So there's not really too many things that a city normally operating properly does that really affects you negatively. It's all a positive. And for that positive, you, you live in that city, you pay your property taxes, you buy food there, you shop there locally so that money stays in there and continues to operate those services that you find enjoyable, that's why you live there. So you can go to work and not be consumed with your, your child's education. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's screwed up, but I'm just saying, or, you know, to be able to go to the park on a weekend, maybe for a birthday party and, 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 you know, enjoy a beautiful big outdoor area with maybe some music going on way over there or something the city's doing over there. Firefighters in our park, you know, once or twice a year, they have like a, a big cable stretched across one area. And then the different small towns in the area come together with their fire departments and they, they have like a, they call it like a tug of war, but they just you know have a big plastic drum on a on a pulley, and it goes back and forth, and then they shoot their water hoses at it, and you know they they see who wins. It's kind of cool. So you're there at the park enjoying your son's uh, birthday or something, or, or you know flying kites, and then you see that going on, and you go over there and you go, this is cool. Check that out. You know I know him. He's a firefighter. I didn't know it. You know, so, you know, when you look at the city, you're kind of blinded by the awesomeness that it does bring. The baseball games, the little leagues, the football, Pop Warner, all those things are all part of the city synergy. And then you can go way into the other minutia like, well, then there's the, the water bill, which, you know, they bring you water. You know, in some countries, that's like a gift from God. You just turn on your tap and there it is. And that's all because of the city and your tax dollars and the infrastructure created to where you flip that switch, you got water. You just like, you know, why you don't flip a switch for water. You lift your wellhead if you're outside or turn on the spigot and you water your grass or you 
take a shower. It's just like that. And we take it for granted, but that's one of the things the city does. And with that on your bill is maybe, you know, garbage. And they pick up your garbage and they come once or twice a week. And, you know, you just, all you got to do is set it out by the street. And boom, big truck comes by and picks it up. And it's like, that is awesome. Look at that shit. I don't live in squalor, even in the poorest part of my community, as long as people are putting their garbage out by the street. I don't have to smell that, see that, deal with that. It's there for just the taking. You know, sewage, you know, it's part of your water bill or maybe it's a separate bill. And that's part of what everybody in that community pays for is for those big sewer lines and the treatment plants and all that all comes together. And for $10, $20, $30 a month or depending on the drains or the faucets or however they figure it, it's really a cheap price to play when you look at other countries where they have raw sewage running down some canal and everything drains into it. And, you know, you, you'd think that doesn't happen. That's only, you know, in, in movies. It's like, no, in some very third world countries which are like, Probably 80, 90% of the world live that way. You know, I watched the thing one time and I was just like, holy shit, they haven't got that under control. Well, there's, you know, it's like India's, you know, like a billion plus people. They, they, they didn't keep an eye on it as it was growing. And now look, they got that. And, 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 and the people are so poor because of so many things that were done incorrectly that, you know, they can't even raise taxes to put in a good sewer system. They have to go hat in hand to the, you know, to the World Health Organization or the, you know, fucking United Nations or something. Go, can we get a grant to put in some sewer systems? And then immediately the United Nations goes, oh, money. You know, we can, we can graft a lot of that for ourselves. And they hire their Uncle Bob to design a a sewage treatment system for this village in India. And by the time the $3 billion are spent for a $100 million project, you know, everybody's family made a lot of money and the treatment plant's still not operating because it's so over budget. This is, you know, we don't have those problems. As America, we run pretty cool. But then you have these agencies that get set up and a lot of people will say, well, the police are that way. They're really annoying. Not if you're following the rules. You know, if you're not an asshat. You know, that's, we had two weddings on our property. Both times the police showed up. They're like, hey, turn, tell the DJ to turn it down a little bit. And we're like, oh, what's the matter? He goes, one of your neighbors has complained about noise and she has migraine headaches. And you probably should have invited her. But, you know, at 9 o'clock, your, your decibel level has to be lower. And we checked it coming into your property. And it is a little high. Could you turn it down? Now, I could have been a dick. Ended up, you know, squaring off with the cop and gotten shot. And then went, oh, police brutality. Oh, my God. Or I was like, oh, thank you. I didn't know it was that loud. Didn't even, didn't even face me. You're right. We'll tell him to turn it down. Usually the DJ leaves at 9, but he's having a good time, too. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll crank it down. Told the DJ to turn it down. He checked all his sound levels. Went, yeah, I can, I, can, I can keep it right here. 
and that's within the law, you know, the, the nuisance laws that are in a city. And then they never came back. Cops didn't come back, you know. So, you know, it all operates pretty smoothly. And, and you know, so you might think, well, you know, the cops are fucked. No, they're not. If you're not an ass to them, they're just doing their job. You know, I mean, I do my job and some customers are just dicks. They're like, why'd you do that? Why'd you sell me that? It's like, dude, you walked into my store and bought it. Screw you. You know, so there are asshats everywhere. So as you really slice up a city by their budget and what they, what our tax dollars pay, the only department that really has no purpose other than to fuck with everybody in the town is planning and zoning. And the zoning part of it's already been done. Like they went through years ago and said, well, this neighborhood is, you know, this is housing. This is light industrial. This is retail slash residential, you know, um, and they, they, do it all and whether you agree with it or not like you know it used to be in the old days you could you could have you could live upstairs on your business you know and that was fine now they've changed it for whatever reason but the reality is that was done before you and I were born sometimes and things changed and it doesn't mean you couldn't go change it back and go I I want to I want to buy this this restaurant and there's like a giant upstairs not being used and I'd like it to be a resident. They go, well, we'd really rather you didn't. It's like, I'd really rather I did, you know, and you could probably get that through, you know. But the zoning guys or the planning guys or whoever, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of commingled. But that part of it is zoned certain ways. And then you, then you run into the asshats like I did. They're like, well, you're, you're adding on to your home. For some reason, I think that that's my business because of this bureaucratic system we've set up. And I'm funded by your tax dollars to fuck with you. So I need to inspect and I need to see all this and make sure you're not going to kill your neighbor. And it's like, excuse me, that is not your authority to come onto private property and tell me what to do. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can exercise that authority granted to you by the, the voters in this town. That if the if the city is building what is called residential housing, like a like a halfway house, um, rehabilitation housing for a lot of the the programs that need houses for these guys that are crackheads and girls and low income, you know, vet returning veterinarian home vet veteran homes and stuff there's so many things that fall under housing you know old folks homes retirement homes you know there's a whole fucking list of it and then it also covers um you know like if i'm a developer and i'm going to build condos townhouses duplexes fourplexes and they're going to be they're not for my use because that would be private Therefore, the public. I build a bunch of townhouses and you might buy one and move into it. 
And so you have an expectation of safety, just like if you buy a car, you expect the airbags to go off and all these safety things because it's listed there as a a reason why you buy that. You know, there's a reason why the Saab is the safest car on the road or it used to be, you know, and, and, and now there's, you know, Subarus and stuff and BMWs and now Fords and Chevys have, you know, safety belts that are really that work and that you can move and yet you know that th- that locking mechanism is going to stop you from, you know, getting hurt because they follow these standards. And whether they're justified or not, that's the safety commission has said, this is what we expect out of you. And the federal government and the legislator said, yeah, that's more than fair. It'll, you know, it'll run up the cost. And that would be the business of the guy that's building the cars to go this is cost prohibitive we won't be able to do it that way can we do this yeah sure so that all gets worked out and that's what is considered a private use and a public use so if i'm building townhouses and condos they're not for me because i am and what i own is my private property and what i'm going to do with it is my personal private business and so therefore if the house falls down it's going to fall down on me because i built it for me and that is called a private use but if it's public then i'm going to build that house and i'm going to turn around and sell it to bob and if he gets hurt Who's liable? I should be for the builder because I didn't follow the safety standards. And if I did, then now insurance will pick up the tab for that, what happened to Bob. And he can sue the insurance company because the insurance company insured me because they knew that I had followed the rules. And that is what the planning and zoning department's job is, is to make sure that this guy is following international building code. Therefore, the insurance company can insure him and it's for a public use and therefore they have authority. But they're starting to bastardize the shit out of that with their ordinances and, and their, their inability to understand how international building code is applied. And it should only be applied for public use because they, they can, you know, that would be like telling me, you know, well, I, I can't smoke and get a ticket for smoking in my own home because it's going to raise the cost of insurance because I'm going to get cancer for the public. See, they can't do that. They think they can and they try like hell to do it, but they can't. And one of the examples that, you know, I've used in explaining my position, you know, with my court case and everything was that it's like there's a lot of health code, public health and safety codes for the handling of food in a in a restaurant because that's for public consumption. So then that jurisdiction rests on the health department to say, we're going to keep an eye on this try to make sure not everybody dies of botulism or salmonella and in doing that we have certain standards just like seatbelt laws and stuff that run through the entire industry temperatures you have to 
keep your leftovers or your food it kept at and and how long it can be frozen or not frozen how long you can leave your leftovers out after you close how what temperature they need to be kept at during the day while you're serving so that way they don't go bad and how long and you should have a safety person or somebody that's managing the restaurant go uh, that salad's looking a little peaked, even though you just made it this morning. It's five in the evening. Chuck that shit. Now, if you're busy, you're filtering through that shit, and it doesn't matter. But these codes, these rules, these regulations are built on common sense as far as restaurants and health departments are concerned. So they're not grasping at straws to just dick with you. These have been proven all along to be a good idea and then they'll say well because you're selling to the public unless that customer specifically asks you for over easy eggs which should have a little bit of slime in them if a guy knows how to cook and then over medium will still have the yolk but no slime and over hard every no slime no yolk that's how they break it down and so most restaurants really would push for Nothing less than over medium. And if so, if you go, I want them over easy. I want, you know, sunny side up and I want a lot of slime. They'll go, um, you know, we're supposed to cook it this way. And you're like, yeah, I know. I, I like the slime. It's like, all right, you've made that decision. See, you can still kind of do that. But the restaurant could still be held liable if you got sick from that. So normally you'll sit there and go, okay. Over, you know, over easy, you end up getting over medium, maybe even sometimes over hard because the guy don't know how to fucking cook. And then you, you just like, yeah, whatever, and you eat it, you know, unless you're really a fanatic about shit, you know, but over medium's good. I got the yolk. The yolk is not salmonella ridden like the slime would be in eggs. But that applies to a restaurant. See, that's their jurisdiction. And with building permits and health, you know, and, and international building code, that applies to public use also. Now, they've blurred those lines and started coming into your private property saying, well, you, because of health and safety and fire code and all that, you need to do this. Well, no, I, I shouldn't have to because it's a private use. And these cities are becoming blinded to that line. They just walk over it blithely and go, hey, you know, stop work. So let me ask you, what if uh, you're having a barbecue on your property, Super Bowl party at your house or a, a softball party at your house because the season's starting or you won and the season is over. And so you have a bunch of friends over They're They're part of the city's public. You know, we're all public members or residences as that. But now they're on private property. They're drinking beer out in the open, but it's not on public property. It's private property. And, you know, a neighbor could see you drinking beer and go, well, what, it's his yard. What do I care? Could be a dick and call the police, not the health department. And the police could come and go, you know, that's a, it's a nuisance violation, but... We don't enforce it because he's on private property and we can't even go on there and talk to him about it. 
You know, of course he's drinking beer, but you don't really know if that's beer or near beer or Pepsi or Coke or if it's got rum in it or not. So you're going to have a hard time, you know, fighting your case and winning if he turns around and sues you. And then that would be the cop's job to explain it to the dumbass neighbor, the woke dark neighbor of yours, that this is private property. Shut up. And if you got a wall around your property, you shouldn't be tippy-toeing looking over it anyway, like in cities. So it, it, it stays within the realm of nuisance laws and police powers within a city and their jurisdiction and their authority granted to them by we, the people in the city. So a health code guy was driving by your house and he was just inspecting a restaurant and he's having a bad day and he smells barbecue and he looks over and he goes, holy shit, those people are cooking meat and I'm hearing them say, I want mine raw and bloody. Knock them horns off, wipe its butt and throw it on my plate. And you're like, oh my God, you can't do that. That's a health risk. So he trespasses on your property, calls the police and says they're drinking beer and cooking these, this food in an unhealthy manner. Oh, my God. Now, I'm going to ask you the simple question. Can they do that? Can they just come on your property, trespass on private property and tell you, oh, well, I'm the inspector for health, public health, and public safety. And uh, I smelt meat cooking, officer. And so that gave me probable cause to come on his property and see what, just what the hell's going on. This is not going to pass inspection. This is a health code violation. This is a building code violation. I had probable cause because I saw him building. I had probable cause because I smelled them and saw them cooking. And then cities forget. They go dumb, like like that, and don't realize that they've just crossed that line between private and property and opened the city up to lawsuit. But in building and zoning, see, they, they, they have uneducated magistrates and judges. They can't read the state constitution that says they can't do that at all. So what's going to happen when they start doing that with food? Let's say some health inspector gets a bug up his butt and decides, you know, if the planning and zoning, you know, inspector can do that, why can't I? Because they're cooking food. They're giving it to their neighbors. Oh, my God. And they're drinking beer. They should. I saw one of them driving around on a go-kart with a beer in his hand. It's illegal. To drink and drive any motorized vehicle, even a go-kart or a golf course. I want him, you know, ticketed for DUI. So, see, they've entered this massive gray area that we would normally call that, that line between private and public. And it's like a little mini force field. And they've, 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 they've now weakened it and started trying to breach it from many different angles. And because it sometimes ends up becoming a court case like mine, because 
you know, someone filed a complaint and I wasn't smart enough to fight it properly. Doesn't mean I'm done, but, you know, but should I have had to even hire a lawyer for not doing anything? So they've stopped me from exercising my private property rights, just like they would stop you from exercising your freedom of speech by saying, yeah, you can go to the park and talk, but if you're going to talk about politics, go over there. You can't do that. You just can't do it. So they violated your right to free speech or they violated your Miranda rights by not doing something as simple as letting you know that you have those rights. And a lot of murder cases were kicked to the curb because of the Miranda rights decision. So... We're entering a gray area where cities need to start paying attention. And they're not going to do that if they're continuing to go and be propagandized by the League of Cities and, and all of this that we're paying for. We pay those fees for them to go to, you know, to that, that hotel for you know, three days and learn all that stuff. So... That's kind of what I'm going to want to talk to about the city. And I wanted to get this out there. And I tried to keep calm and stay on point. So hopefully you guys are all proud of me. Good job, Mark. <laughs> Go screaming off into the middle of nowhere like a madman in a whirlwind. Ah! So I want everybody that's you know part of my group or has visited defundbureaucracy.info that if you think this is a fight, not just in my city, but all cities, to where we can see that right being breached and attacked, then donate. Because I want to keep this fight up. Because I think most cities, even the big corrupt ones, they're just poorly run. And, and they keep asking for taxes and they keep doing things that they're not really authorized to do. But for the most part... The only time they really start infringing on you being a city comes from planning and zoning. You know, there's very few other departments within most cities that are taking tax dollars and using that money against the taxpayers. It's not the, it's not the police. It's not the court systems. It's not anything. It's these bureaucrats that are unelected that the cities are giving free reign to, to run amok. And I, and I think if we, can, if we can focus on getting the attention back on their real job, and if they can see that some of their ordinances are allowing these, these bureaucrats to, to run roughshod over their citizens and hurt them and take them to court without real legitimacy, because they're not paying attention because they're so distracted by all the other stuff they're not supposed to be doing. You know, that they need to, they, they need to see they need to stop that. They really do. And the only way they're going to do that is if we, the people, wake them up and educate them. Because they're being educated by other bureaucrats all across the nation in League of Cities and, you know, in the National League of Cities that sponsor all of these city, you know, Arizona League of Cities, you know, that now are teaching. So 
basically it's like our children are being taught by people we're not watching anymore and they're being taught the wrong principles. And in a city, that's dangerous. So I'm going to continue to fight and, and, and battle this and get lawyers and, and writers to write better letters and, and post and podcasts than I will ever do. But that takes money. Defund bureaucracy.info. There's a big donate button. It's a new site. It's kind of, kind of sparse on the content. But that's its mission. And that money will go to the fight. 100% will go to the fight. And, and, and if you're donating to that and you end up in some city, wherever you live, and you go, hey, I need a little help, that money will be used to, to find legal advice or counsel or, you know, just filtering through because I don't have bots doing this for me, content that could help you. So it'll be a resource place to where you can start the fight just like Vaccine Police is a great resource to where now they've gotten enough resources going to where it's helping people, you know, fight back. So give it some thought. Defundbureaucracy.info. My name is Mark Boyle. I am the Prepper Guy, and I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, let me know in your comments. Thank you. Bye-bye. Made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. We invade our space and we fall back. I'm your Huckleberry. The line must be drawn here. This far, no further. That's just my game.